Welcome to the RPG Rundown, Episode 1. This is our pilot episode, and we are so excited to be here. My name is Seth, also known as White Fox SG. And I am Jeff, also known as Dr. Heels. And like I said, we are so happy to be here in this inaugural episode of a tabletop RPG podcast. Um, Jeff and I have been playing together. Uh, we've been fans of the genre for multiple years now. And we just thought, hey, we should start a podcast and just talk about it. Also, yeah. just as an excuse for us to just talk about these things more often yeah. together. But... We will be exploring on this podcast the growing number of tabletop, tabletop RPG systems, third-party modules, community game aids and accessories, as well as uh, we'll be discussing recent news in the TTRPG space and then just talking about our own experiences and current games or hobby projects, if you will. Yeah. So... Um, that's kind of what we're going to cover. We're not going to be mm -hmm. super groundbreaking with the news. Uh, we're going to cover things that we find interesting or maybe that the community suggests to us uh, as we continue on into the podcast. Mm -hmm. But first of all, so that you all know how we got into, po in, well, not podcasting, into tabletop RPGs and a little bit about our history, uh, we're just going to tell you that. So I'm going to go first because if you are in either of our communities, you know that I introduced Jeff to the world of tabletop RPGs. He did. He did. Yeah. And so He's my, guilty for that. I am guilty for that. And that's okay. That's okay. I am happy to be guilty of that because you have done some awesome things with it and we're going to get to that later, but my first experience with an RPG of any kind was actually in the 90s as a 9, 10-year-old. And it was with MechWarrior, the RPG. Okay, it was the second edition. And I never played it. <laughs> we literally had the book so that we could create mech warriors or pilots for our mechs in the Battletech universe, which is our tabletop miniature war game that we had. And so we just had it because it had all the cool things on how to create a character. And so we just created our characters and then we just played kind of RPG light in mm -hmm. the miniatures uh, war game. Uh, we didn't do any of the like official tabletop stuff. We didn't have special roles or die outside of that. We had very little RP, but that was that was my first experience with any kind of RPG book. Somewhere after there, I remember my cousin having the Star Wars D6 roleplay box, like the intro box. And I think I read through it a couple times. Didn't really get to play it much then. Uh, and then I really wouldn't touch anything until I got to my late 20s, um, was married, and uh, got invited by a friend to play D&D. And it was funny, we started with 3.5 actually, 
because D&D 4, 4th uh, edition, was like about to come out, but it wasn't out yet. And so I, I think we played like two sessions with 3.5, and then we switched to 4th edition uh, because it came out. Played a campaign, lasted probably like six sessions, and then uh, kind of stopped playing D&D for a while and picked up the Star Wars Fantasy Flight Genesis system. Nice. But before you move on, though, I, I do want to ask, what was your thoughts of 4E? Because I know Matt Colville is a huge fan of 4E. Yeah. So and 4E, so I'd be curious to know. Absolutely. And this is, uh, this is open discussion here by yeah. all means. Uh, 4E was fun. It was mm-hmm. very combat-focused. Um, okay. It was like almost like they kind of went the, uh, you know, we have video games and right now the, the biggest one that everyone knows about is Baldur's Gate 3. Fantastic game, but it is based off the D20 system. And Baldur's Gate 3 is based off of 5th edition uh, rules. But, you know, with 4th edition, they kind of tried to take some of those video game mechanics, I think, and mm-hmm. incorporate them in the tabletop version. Uh, okay. I was not an expert by any means, but there was, uh, so the differences that you would be familiar with with 5e is that instead of having spell slots of different mm-hmm. uh, levels, you had um, spell, you had spells, but they were um, cantrips or at will spells, meaning you could cast them as many times as you want, Right. Uh, but okay. they were called at will instead of cantrips. Uh, then you had... Um, you had some that were you could use like once or twice per encounter. And so they would have uh, a limit on how many times per encounter you could use them. And then there were um, like once there was a, some that were like once per short rest maybe or long rest. And then there were some that were daily. And so, you know, usually those were like your big spells. Yeah. Big ones. You only got to use them one a day. Yeah. Um, and so, and, and but like I said, it focused a lot more on combat. Uh, mm-hmm. There was a lot okay. of meta, a lot of metagaming, you know, uh, I was still new to it. We had other people that were new to it. We had someone that was like, uh, you know, he tried to be everything that was awesome that he could think of. So right. it was like, I'm a, you know, ranger, rogue, uh, ninja, assassin, um, <laughs> you know, spec ops. Oh yeah, absolutely. He kept using the word spec ops and we're like, this is fantasy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And so we're like, okay, nice. Yeah. 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 And I, and this was like, you know, it was like, he didn't know what he was going to play. And I had said I was going to be one thing. And then he basically tried to do the exact same thing, but also add in like all the other cool things. And I was like, Oh yeah. Like, okay. Uh, yeah. It's one of those every table. That's just, there is absolutely. And that's okay. (laughs) But yeah. So, so that, like I said, it was fun. But other than that one campaign in 4E, we mm-hmm. didn't really, like, I didn't play it again. I, maybe I played another one that was like one or two sessions, but that was it. And right. then for a long, and, and basically I kind of stopped because the Star Wars Fantasy Flight uh, role-playing game, which is their Genesis system, mm-hmm. came out about that time, and I was super excited about that. So played that for a long time, Bought all the core books across multiple years. I actually 
did some videos for a friend, uh, some friends of mine that have a Star Wars podcast, uh, nice. and like did some DMing for them, and uh, you know did some stuff here locally, and just loved that whole system. Um, eventually, now, is got, that the same system um, that we played? It was probably about a year yes. ago now that yes, you ran that one shot in. Okay, yes, yeah. So that's the same system we ran the one shot. It had it has the narrative dice which have custom mm-hmm. symbols. Those are cool. Those are really cool. Um, yeah. And so I love that because it, the system is very narrative focused, and mm-hmm. I'm not going to go into too much because that actually ties into our main topic today. Mm, but um, love that system. And so I was heavy into that. Okay. Then came back to D&D when 5th edition came out. Had some other people invite me to come back and play. And along with that, I just started really getting excited about different kinds of RPGs and started looking mm-hmm. around. I ended up backing on Kickstarter Tales from the Loop. It was the first one I backed. And I backed it. And this is what was funny. Tales from the Loop was like perfectly timed. The Kickstarter launched, okay, and it was, or actually first there was a, an art book that came out from the guy who did all the art. And then they were like, hey, we're going to do a Kickstarter. And while that Kickstarter was about to launch or right after it launched, guess what show became a number one hit? Stranger Things. Oh, Yes. It literally <laughs> launched on Netflix like the same time that the Kickstarter was going on for this. And so mm-hmm. it became hugely popular uh, and, and it was fantastic. So oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Also, that same company put out another one uh, a couple of years later called Forbidden Lands, which was a old school fantasy kind of uh, RPG, uh, very sandboxy. And so I liked that. And so, yeah. After like since then, I have backed multiple RPGs and mm-hmm. not played them yet. Uh, and I have bought books for them. I have downloaded, you know, quick start guides and stuff like that. And then just yeah, you know, it's it's been a lot of fun since then. But three years ago, approximately, uh, I'm hanging out in Doctor Heel's chat on <laughs> Twitch. And we were talking yeah. up a storm about something and D&D came up and he mentioned mm-hmm. he'd never been able to play. And we had had conversations before. Jeff and I had be, had already, we already had our, um, you know, the beginnings of our friendship started. He oh, yeah. did some logos for me and, and some other people that I had been uh, grouped up with at the time. And so I was like, hey, well, I could totally DM a one shot for you if mm-hmm. you want to play. If you know, because you've never played, and he's like, "Yes, absolutely, let's do it." He said, "I've got a buddy who wants to do it," and then I said, "Okay, I'll see if I can get a few people that I know who, you know, are veterans who can come in and they can play with us." Uh, it was Austin LCG mm-hmm. for anyone who might know him, and he brought two people with him, and so we had a full party of five, and yep. we played the first session. We started with. Uh, a pre-written module out of Explorer's Guide to Wildmount, which was a critical role resource book. Mm-hmm. And we all loved it so much. Everyone was like, so we're going to do this every week, right? <laughs> and that yeah, was what was absolutely. like, I was thinking we're going to maybe do a couple of sessions and, you know, but no, it mm-hmm. was like 
Uh, we need to secure all of the social media. We need to create mm-hmm. channels. We need to like we're gonna we're gonna do this every week, and we're gonna stream it every week. And so yep. it. Blew that's up. something with us. We don't do anything small, guys. We don't. If we're gonna do it. We we're don't. gonna we're gonna go big with it. Yeah. And and it, and it doesn't help when you've got Jeff, who is very creative. Myself, I'm a creative person. Austin was a creative person. I mean, he oh, was he's like a major videographer. Uh, mm-hmm. And I've got to tell you some cool stuff that he's doing later too, because yeah. it's mind blowing. Like, Oh, that's awesome. Okay. Yeah. Like star Wars level stuff, not star oh, Wars, wow. but like there's a yeah. relation there and you'll be like, okay, that's amazing. But okay, uh, cool. he's, yeah, yeah, he's sure. doing some cool stuff. Um, but yeah, we played uh, through a campaign. We got through a year with the same party after a year. Um, Austin had to drop out because of changing of jobs. Uh, mm-hmm. Jeff dropped out because of life changes with, with his stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were there for like a year and a half though. It was like, well, no, it was, it was like a year and a half. Yeah. And, um, and if anyone knows me on online, I'm, I'm, I'm a very late night streamer. Absolutely. 11 PM to 2 AM is my central time is my time. And it, it, our, our games, of course, you know, they have lives and they like sleep. Uh, more than they like coffee, I guess. I don't know. But um, <laughs> yeah, so I end up having like, I just, it was, I could not make the like nine o'clocks. And so oh, I, I do miss it. I'm hoping to come back for like a, 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 a guest role at some point in your new hey, campaign. Dude, you should. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I definitely getting, want to. Yeah. It's getting exciting. Let me just put that. Austin's back too, if you didn't know. I know. I've been seeing that. Like, I'm he still is, in the Discord, so I see like all the stuff you guys are talking fully about. Fully yeah. back. He is like fully back. That's he was amazing. Like, I want to come back. And I was like, yes, absolutely. So things That's are going awesome. great. We have a whole new cast besides him, which is even right. more fun. That's um, awesome. But that was Jeff's introduction. So go ahead and give your version or your, you know, your experience yeah. now in the tabletop uh, and include all of your extracurricular hobbies on the side that, that coincide with it as well. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll do my best. So um, I'm, I'm far less experienced than Seth is. Obviously, he's the one who introduced me to it just a couple of years ago. Um, but as you were talking, I actually, um, I, I think that I have a somewhat RPG related uh, introduction that happened way earlier in life that I, never, I didn't really think about. Ooh, um, whenever I was it. in like, yeah, when I was in like fourth, maybe fifth grade, um, I had a friend and um, I, I always hung out with I don't know. Like I was an athlete. I love playing sports, but then I really got along better with like the nerdy guys. And so like I hung out and we, we played games and stuff. And I, and, and now that we're talking about it, we, my buddy was an amazing artist and he drew up characters for all of us. And, and mine in particular was, uh, what's the like reptilian species from Skyrim? Uh, I have no idea. Eric, Eric, I don't know. Anyway, it was like whatever that was. And like, as you were telling your story about starting back with Battletech and stuff, I'm like, you know, we did something pretty similar. Like we had drawn up characters with like crazy fantasy names and like we RP'd those characters and stuff. I had no idea back then. Uh, but I would say that's probably my introduction to the the RP genre anyway. Um, and, and so, yeah, then my, my first real introduction was actually playing uh, Dungeons and Dragons, right? With, with you, whatever. Uh, and, and I remember like starting out and, and this is probably how most people start, but starting out like it's a video game. And I'm like, okay. I, Cause I'm wanting to play a cleric cause Dr. Heals. I just, I, li- I like to play the healer. I like the support role. It's on brand. And, yeah. It's on brand. And, and so I'm like playing a cleric and I'm like, but can I use a bow? And you're like, no, you can use anything. It's, are you proficient? And I'm like, 
no, can I, can I just like, can I shoot a bow, dude? And, but that's one of the things I had to get through is like, in D&D, you can do anything. The question Absolutely. is, how good at it are you going to be? And, and so it took me a little while to figure that out. But I, I mean, we played like two or three sessions and I remember just being stupid hooked. And then Seth made the mistake of uh, missing a day and giving me the opportunity to DM for the first time. Yeah. And yeah. And I DM to one shot. Um, and it went absolutely horrible because everything I had written uh, went out the window <laughs> when the the two people I was DMing for both played rogues and one was an assassin and one was a thief. And I just assumed they'd be good guys. Uh, I was mistaken. And so, uh, but yeah, as soon as I started uh, DMing, um, uh, yeah, as soon as I started DMing, like I, I started kind of doing something on the side. We ended up starting up an in-person campaign um, after church. We just after church we started up a campaign, and so I ran that campaign while playing in in Hearth and Hammer. And yeah, so I'm also one of those people. Like when I get into something, like I go kind of overkill, like hyper focus on it. And so like I ended up. DMing an in-person campaign, DMing a campaign on my own channel, and then playing in, in Hearth and Hammer uh, until eventually my scheduling got all, all messed up and I had to step back out of, out of Hearth and Hammer. Um, and I've done a, yeah, like kind of the side stuff you're talking about over on my channel, I've done a, a variety of things. I have uh, my own world that we play in. The world is Maradonia and it has its own kind of fantasy, but ties to like, um, like the early American frontiers, how I kind of picture it. Um, and so over there, I ran a campaign for a long time called Crosshaven, which was a open campaign. And so each week, five different adventurers from the town of Crosshaven would answer a quest on the board and they would go out to do it. And all the while, there's like continuous developing stories and, 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 you know, bad guys that are gaining leverage. And, and so it, it was actually, is really cool. And we just recently stepped back from that. And uh, I'm not gonna go too far because I know we're going to talk about our own adventures later on. Um, but, but I'm all that to say, like once I got into D and D, like I was absolutely hooked. Well, that's and, not even to mention your deep dive into mm-hmm. custom dice. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so when we started, uh, which are started fantastic D&D, by like, the way, I still don't have any, you don't have any dice yet. Oh dude, I've got a few know. sets here around me. Like I'll, I'm just grabbing a handful of dice off my table. Like <laughs> we'll, there, we'll make it happen. Some, we'll make it happen. Yeah, there's some dice. Uh, yeah, so I, you know, you got in. I got into D and D, and I'm like, oh, dice are amazing. Dice. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Uh, do I? I don't think I have any that's actually painted near me. That's okay. Uh, yes. So I, I got it. And I turned into a dice goblin, but that wasn't nearly enough. So I started making my own custom resin dice. Um, created my whole brand. It's called Hillbilly Dice, H-E-A-L. Um, yep. And and it's still, I, I still make dice not as frequently as I was. Uh, I've definitely got to get back into it. Um, but yeah, started diving into making dice. And so like everyone at my table has a custom set. And I, a lot of my, my viewers, some of the people that play them online games, they have custom sets. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, so that, like I, I think I said, we can also blame they, Reborn for the Dice Goblin thing. Uh, yeah, I think so. Reborn out of the amazing kindness of his heart uh, bought everyone in the party, including myself dice pretty early. I want to say like within the first maybe three or four sessions that we, we had. And, and so, yeah, like we all got like full, like big sets of dice. They're fantastic. Mm -hmm. Um, There's some, those are my, uh, my normal playing set. Nice, nice. Mine are just always here. 
always ready always ready to be always ready always ready and then i have others that are just on the table over here yeah that i just i just pick up and i roll every once in a while and it's 3d6 because i also am a big battletech fan and battletech uses only d6 yeah which is a little sad because you know it's like okay fine yeah but like i will roll these and I'm super excited sometimes when I get all three of them to roll six or all three of them right. to, roll, to roll one or something, you know. It's just, yeah. Oh, I'll man. just sit there and do that while I'm in a meeting or something for work. But Oh, absolutely. No, I do uh, the same thing. But yeah, so, I mean, you got into that. It was funny because mm-hmm. you all of your streams became D&D. It was all D&D. It was I, all I was D&D. making dice on. I was prepping. I was running. Like, it was, everything was D&D. I'm like, this is, this is everything I'm going to do now. Yeah. Now, if you know me at all, I'm also like super ADHD. And so like I get hyper focused <laughs> for like a month or two. And then yeah. it's like, oh, what's that shiny thing? Like right now, I'm just super obsessed with chess. I don't know why. Like I've played okay. chess my entire life, but I'm just obsessed with it right now. Um, but to, to continue my history, the only other games I've really played, and this is this is what kind of sparked at least my kind of real excitement for for this show is, is I've only ever played two other TTRPGs and I love them. And like, I really want to explore the world of TTRPGs. Like I, I love D and D I love five E. Um, I, I enjoy that thoroughly. And I'm, I, I'm pretty sure my, my ongoing campaign is going to continue to be D and D, but I really want to play some of these others. And so, uh, the two that I have played, I played the star Wars Genesis system with, with Seth, he ran a one shot. Um, and then I did a charity one shot playing the Pokemon tabletop United, uh, system, which was, so fun! I'm, I really hope we we continue that at some point. Uh, That's awesome because I had some cool I had some cool Pokemon. Um, but yeah, th- and so like the, I played those two, and then that really got me thinking. Like, man, I want to try some of these new systems. But then, like with everything that went on with Wizards of the Coast here recently, and everyone is coming out with their new system, I'm like, there's a lot out there I want to test. You know, there's a lot out there I want to play and, and learn more about. And, Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, that that was how this originated as a mm-hmm. discussion because we, we were like, we've got to be, you know, we needed an excuse to talk about these other systems and to exactly, try them. Yeah. And so we were like, we can, mm-hmm. we can try these. And so our goal as part of this show is that we haven't quite worked out the logistics yet, but we are going to right. test out some of these uh, systems. Yes. We're going to run some one shots it's going to be maybe um, maybe monthly, bi-monthly, mm-hmm. hopefully at, at, at least. At, at the, yeah, at the least. Um, I, I would prefer monthly, but I know scheduling D- yeah, is the... Yeah. the so the we'll, we'll see what we can't tops. do uh, for yeah. sure. But we're mm-hmm. going to try to get through uh, all that we can. And, mm-hmm. But this is also great because we have lots of content for the foreseeable oh, yeah, future absolutely. Uh, yeah. with this podcast. So now as far as the podcast goes... We may actually put out more than one a month, uh, mm-hmm. but the but the testing of new systems will only be on probably one of those a month. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking if we could do one test a month and then a, you know a follow up episode, you know maybe that week about our thoughts on it from like a one of us would be the DM, one of us would be the the player, and we could give perspective on both. Absolutely. Uh, and then, you know, thoughts on if it's a good long-term system or, you know, I don't know. We'll, we'll get some takeaways from it at that point. Um, awesome. I know my, my list of ones I want to test is growing daily, it seems like. I know. So, we have a growing yeah. list. We, we both keep adding to it. But yeah. uh, 
read off some of those and then I'll read off some of them. Uh, yeah. The ones that we want to, we want to try. These are just things that we're excited about that. We know there's a ton more out there. We know there's a ton more that have been out there for a long time, but these are the ones that we're kind of excited about at the moment. And there's almost, almost 20 of them, but yeah. And, and I'm going to start with one that's not even on there um, because Ooh, nice. I, I didn't add it. <laughs> um, but I really want to play dungeon crawl classics. Oh, like I, I was going to, I actually was yeah. going to add that too. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I was at Gen Con and I found a bunch of the, the Dungeon Crawl classic books and I remember seeing some stuff about it on YouTube and I was like, oh, I should come back and grab those. I, of course, I never made it back around to do that, but uh, I, that's one that I, I really want. I want to try to play a really play or DM a really nitty gritty D&D, you know? Um, and so, I mean, just going down our list here, uh, got Tales of the Valiant, uh, Dragon Bane, uh, Mech Warrior Destiny. I'm just reading from the top of the list to the bottom. Um, and I've, Seth added most of these, but I'm with him. I want to play pretty much all of these. Um, I will say I've never played a Mech Warrior, though. So I, I, he's got to introduce me at some point. Oh, absolutely. Uh, it may be an early one, too, because yeah. yeah, you're not the only one who who I've talked to about introducing to that world recently. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It'd be awesome. Um, then go ahead. You can, you can read some. Most of these are yours. Yeah, so, Mike, I'm a little no, later. No, absolutely. Um, so like, you know, all, besides those, you know, we had um, the Avatar Legends RPG that was kickstarted and came out recently, uh, Shadowrun, mm-hmm. which is a cyberpunk style game, but with also some fantasy magic stuff mixed in. Uh, it's been around almost as long as Battletech and Star Wars has and really cool really cool world uh there's also some fantastic computer game rpgs based off that universe too um there's one called um a bag rpg b-a-g and Mm -hmm. it's actually by a a christian author uh he came out with a so that's his like kind of generic system but he kick-started a kind of like gritty sci-fi kick uh RPG and so that's yeah. still in in production and it hasn't come out yet. So I'll have more on that later. But uh you know Pathfinder and Starfinder, you know they're always there. I'm always curious, but there's they are mm-hmm. very heavy. So they right. I'll be like excited for a little bit and then they get pushed down the list. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh so you know. Uh but then there's, you know, um there's Humblewood which is yeah. fun, cute animals I'm excited about. Yeah, uh, really cool. City of Mist is like a modern, you know, detective noir kind of one. Okay. That's um, kind of cool. I actually backed it and just like at a base level a long time ago too. Um, you want to take over there some? Yeah, so um, Daggerheart, obviously, I, I will say just a little story here um at gen con the only thing that i wanted to test play was dagger heart and i'm pretty <laughs> sure it was booked up months in advance and i had no idea oh yeah um, I, I didn't know sure you could book them in like advance 20 people try it yeah and yeah it was all, very it was very all limited. media mm-hmm. yeah it was it was very limited i tried to get in on the test place uh it did, did not happen for me so i was very disappointed um so yeah uh dagger heart uh, there's the marvel multiverse uh rpg yeah, old school essentials, forbidden lands. Um, a, a lot of the ones that I really want to test are from particular content creators that I really like. Um, so I love Matt Colville, um, and so the, I don't even know if it has a name yet. But the MCDM RPG that they're coming out oh, with, yeah. 
Uh, it's it's going to be so good. Uh, just Matt, what he does is incredible. Uh, but also the dungeon coach, if you've been following DC Twenty RPG, absolutely is going to be incredible. Like I, I've been, I've watched several of his videos talking about it. I am so excited uh, for that to come out. Uh, then a few others, like kind of outside of the the fantasy genre, I guess, is like Champions RPG. Um, I love anything superhero related. I know I will say all the Marvel and DCs tainted that just a little bit. There's just a bit much out right now. Um, but I love like, I don't know. I would, I would love to play like a nitty gritty superhero type of something. I don't know that. And champions always looked really good. Uh, it's kind of then, your yeah. generic superhero. Yeah. That's kind of what opposed I like. To, yeah. As opposed to set in a world. So, yeah. So I want to test if you're, if you're listening, if you're, if you're watching some knowledge, there was a, it was a podcast series, but it was actually a book and they just read, you know, basically the, the chapter in every episode, but it was called worm. Uh, if anyone has has read or or listened to Worm, let me know because it is still to this date the best superhero content I've ever read. I don't know why it has not been picked up and, and put in. It actually follows a super villain as odd as that is, but still, it it was so good. That's what I want to play. That world is what I want to play. Someone needs to get with that author and have him turned into a TTRPG. I mean, yeah, I could go through countless books that I would love to see made into a TTRPG. Oh, yeah. I just thought of another one that I literally have and have not tried yet. The Expanse TTRPG. So I am watching The Expanse based on, I think, possibly you and and Ian and a few others from... (laughs) Yeah, we're talking to me about it in chat, and I was like, "Uh, all right, I got to check it out. As soon as I ended stream, I went and watched um, like four episodes and went to bed somewhere around 4 or 5 a.m. Really messed up the next day, but... Oh, it is sure. it is a, a good show. I, yeah, dude, yeah, it's, that would, it's fantastic. I realized there was a TTRPG for it. The, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, there's also yeah. some really old, like there's an old, old sci-fi one called Traveler. Um, and when I say old, okay. I mean like it's been out like about as long as D&D. Um, I know next to nothing about it other okay. than the fact that it was like one of the first, if not the first sci-fi RPG. Mm-hmm. And, but there's a modern version, like a modern printing. And I happened to just see it in a new game shop that I went to go visit, uh, recently. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I, Mm. I would love to try this. So there's that there's, um, yeah, there's, there's also Lord of the Rings and Legend of the Five Rings, which are completely different, but they both have the word rings in them. Um, (laughs) Lord of the Rings is obvious and I'm pretty Mm -hmm. sure they just started a Kickstarter for an expansion on that one. Uh, yeah. And then legend of the five rings is another one from fantasy flight, which is not fantasy flight anymore. Their RPGs are all under edge studio now. So, but yeah, uh, anyway, there's so many, there's so many, we have, we have a lot of content that we can pick and choose from as we please. So, Yes, um, I will say an, another one, and just just throw it on the list too. The yeah. Fallout RPG, like I'm a huge fan of the Ooh. Fallout series, and I actually have a book for the Fallout RPG. I think it's just the character creator didn't realize that when I bought it, nice. um, but I, I but I do have it. Oh, yeah, see. yeah, they actually. I mean, I have one of the books. See, I, I this, guess is I this is why. This is why. Well, you know what? I don't know. I I know it exists. I know nothing mm-hmm. about where to find it. But I'm pretty sure there's also a Transformers RPG. Oh, that could be <laughs> wild! Oh my gosh! Uh, but yeah. it also, if you're you're watching on YouTube, if you're able to leave us a comment, if there's one we're missing and you'd love to see us check out, talk about, maybe test play, 
leave it down below. I, I mean, we're at, constantly adding to our list. We, we probably Absolutely. need to put a rankings out in there. In fact, like I've been watching a lot of fantasy football, and rankings are a big thing. We should nice. probably have rankings to see what I we're agree. actually going to play. I agree. We we can we can vote on them for mm-hmm. sure. Uh, yeah. Also, um, we are on Twitter. It's our only social handle oh, at yeah, the yeah. moment. But you should definitely check us out. And we've waited halfway through the episode to say it, but it Promo is stuff, at. Yeah. It is at the RPG Rundown on Twitter on X, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know. On X, yes, on X. X. I've got to call it that. Um, but yes, at the RPG Rundown, and you can find us there for now. That's the only way to contact us for now. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. We have some things in the works, so there won't be you, the YouTube won't be up yet like immediately. Uh, So the VOD for the right now is going to be what you see on Dr. Hill's Twitch channel. And then I'm not going to say anything on the recording yet, uh, but it's going to be, we have some things planned. It's going to be excited. And honestly, the recording has graphics already on it, but so Mm -hmm. that's beside the point. We'll add that in later uh, at the end as as part Mm -hmm. of that. But anyway, so yes, part of the goal is to play these systems, provide just feedback, just our experiences on it. Um, we're mm-hmm. not experts, but we just like RPGs. I think both of us can agree there's something that bringing people together to collaborate on a story mm-hmm. is something special, and it's even more fun when you get to bring new people to it. Yeah, I agree. So. And I think that's a, a kind of an interesting uh, take we'll be able to have on these systems when we test play them too. Is like neither of us are professional DMs, neither of us do this full time, and we're going to be playing this with with real individuals who are going to be learning the game. You know, probably a day before we play it, and Absolutely. so it'll be, a, be be we'll be able to give a rating on hey, how easy is thing to pick up and actually play? Uh, you know, so yeah, I'm looking I, forward I to well, it. I, I thought it'd probably be really fun. Well, let's move into our next segment for now. That was a lot of introduction, who we are, what we're going to be doing, but we're also going to have some news and stuff. We're not going to go into a whole bunch of news today, but we are going to talk about an upcoming RPG that we're excited about. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're going to talk about Daggerheart. Of course. And, you know... Uh, it's supposed to come in 2024, so that's not very mm-hmm. far away. But there are some things that we can talk about. Uh, I have read many articles. I've got a few pictures to share. So if you're watching the VOD, watching the YouTube, or the video version of the podcast somewhere, be sure to check it out. Um, and all of the... Um, I, I was not present to get these photos. They are were from a comicbook.com article because I swear those uh, the people from comicbook.com were some of the only ones to be testing it, I feel like. I've really? hardly seen okay. any other articles of people who are actually testing it. Everything else is just third-party people talking about mm-hmm. what they did. <laughs> so right. we're going to just follow in those footsteps. But uh, why don't you... Uh, or let's, let's switch over to our presentation. Okay. And I think... Uh, why don't you go ahead and you know read it out there for us? What what is Daggerheart there? 
Yeah, so Daggerheart is a D12-based tabletop system from Darrington Press. Uh, they're the creators of Critical Role, Vox Machina. Uh, fantasy RPG designed for long-term campaign play is what we've been told anyway. Designed for long-term campaign play and character progression. Um, I don't know. It, it, I've been watching a ton of videos, read, read a lot of articles and stuff on it. Um, it, it sounds amazing. Like it, it sounds like a great, to me, it sounds like a, a really good um, middle ground between like the, the story or narrative based like Genesis system and uh, what we see in like D and D. And there does, I mean, it's even been said that uh, it's kind of intended to be a little bit like gritty too, a little bit, um, you know, more character deaths, like no saving throws. There's other ways to handle death and stuff like that from what we've heard, but uh, it is supposed to be, you know, kind of gritty and really narrative. Yeah. Death is supposed to be a lot more impactful. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a lot of, of really cool stuff from the interviews that they talked about with uh, the creator. Right. And lead writer. And uh, I can't remember his name. It's not Matt and company. Uh, who is mm-hmm. who are the lead writers, but they are definitely helping create all this. And it's coming out of Darrington right. Press, so they have a, a pretty big team. Mm-hmm. But uh, one of the big things about this is that it is taking a uh, different approach. It's not just a D20 system. It is 2D12. Indeed, yes. Uh, and, and, you know, D12s, I feel like in D&D, they... They are the, like the least used of yeah. all of the dice, um, maybe besides the D one hundred, but <laughs> but for the most part, they're they're the least used, and so I like it. And we're going to talk about some mm-hmm. of what more about what more details about what it is, right? Um, if what's you're watching the, the, the go ahead. I was going to say what's interesting about the two D twelve is is they actually represent two different things too. And so like Absolutely. uh you you have a hope dice and a, a fear die, right? And then like yeah. you roll both and like even if you roll really high, if fear beats hope, it might not go your way. Yeah, we're or gonna talk about fear. those yeah. uh those mechanics here in a second. But mm-hmm. um just looking at the pictures and like I said, if you're watching the VOD, these are from uh, the art comicbook.com article about it. Uh they are well, so the article, and then I also took some screenshots from the video uh, as well. They are uh, a lot further along than I thought. Like they have mm-hmm. some, they had some full promotional materials, like a box set even. And I love that it's like a box set because they have so many more pieces. There's, they've incorporated cards into the character right. sheets. They've incorporated yeah. tokens. Um. We'll get to that in a second, but like there's, uh, it's really cool. And I like how, you know, with, I feel like with some RPG systems, you've got like three pages for your character sheet, but you're really only ever looking at one. And I feel like this one so far, it's like, you need to be looking at all three of them. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah. And we may come back to some of these, uh, images as we, um, as we go further into it, but let's see. Um, so these images you found, these are from the test play. Is that correct? So these are from some of the test play. Yeah. It's so I actually screen capped them from one of the videos. It was okay. still the comicbook.com article, but 
but yeah, I was like, these are a little closer shots in the video than mm -hmm. the, than the photos were. So, right. So yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna talk about this stuff here. Um, so kind of like, how does it compare, right? So how does it compare to D and D five E, which coming from Critical Role is their primary game system, right. and then also because. A lot of people have seen the similarities. How does it compare to Genesis, which is the Fantasy Flight Star Wars system? Um, because those are the two that I have the most experience in. I was seeing sure. a lot of similarities, more so mm -hmm. with Star Wars. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll get into that. Um, and then if there's anything else we think of, we'll, we'll talk about that too. But yeah. Um, but yeah, so like, again, looking at the images... They have uh, cards, like a deck of cards, that have all their abilities on it, like your kind of main abilities. And it's pretty awesome because all mm -hmm. of the language for the spells or abilities are on those cards. And I know that in the interviews they talked about how they wanted to have that set up so that you don't have to open a book to look at the rules. Yeah, which is, I mean, awesome. I love that. I mean, there's already third-party makers that that do that for 5e i mean absolutely I've, i have decks of cards for a, a few different you know uh magic users and stuff in for D. &D. yeah uh, and now I, d I do wonder like do you think that this will have almost like a trading card aspect like do you think there'll be like rarities or cards or do you think it'll just be every whenever they release something it's a pack for that new release i think it'll be a pack i think the I think initial box will be, mm -hmm. you know, the primary pack for it. And then I think like other expand, like other um, source books that we get for like D and D and other games, we'll mm -hmm. see a new box set as like an expansion right. and it'll come with rules and a card pack. Uh, I th that's my thought anyway. That's and kind part of my of thought it, as well. Part of it is because all these abilities too, not only like most of them are tied to, different uh i forget what they call them but they're almost like different categories mm -hmm. and so that they have these kind of uh symbols almost like almost like um you know when you look at like the pokemon trading card game and you've got like the fire symbol or you know electric or whatever um not right. saying that this is like that but like where it's the elements but like you know there's a rogue ability in the image uh right now and mm -hmm. it has two different symbols on it. And, uh, you know, if it says midnight and grace, and I think those symbols correspond with midnight and grace. And so it's like, right. Your character may be able to select spells from either of those two categories. Right. Kind of thing. Uh, or abilities, maybe not spells, but, um, and then also, yeah. So, yeah, so I, yeah, I don't I know. Saying, I think it's gonna be cool. Right, I do, I do too. Yeah, I, and that's one thing. So the, I noticed there are you know different types of cards as well. Um, mm -hmm. Whereas you have yeah you have that one that's a rogue card, but then you actually have just like ability cards, um, and and that's where you, you have your ability cards. And so I wonder if when you purchase like I mean obviously your starting pack will come with everything you need, but the, I I don't know. It would be interesting if they did mix um, you know trading card genre stuff in there too. Um, but yeah, but I, 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 think I don't they call know that they domains, will. Now that I'm looking at it, that they yes, it, domains. That's so. the word I was looking for earlier. Um, and they do right, have a the mechanic to exhaust the cards that are just kind of built into the 
character sheet. So, okay. you know, I think kind of like magic or Pokemon, you can like probably tap it or yeah, exhaust yeah. it and, and it'll yeah. use it. So, but yeah, there's, there's other cards besides those. There's character cards. There's, um, yeah, it, it, it's, I don't know. It, it's a really cool idea to incorporate It's a cool those. take. I, so, I like the, I like the introduction of cards. I, I, I mean, but I think that's also really why I don't want, I don't think they'll go with any kind of like, blind pack collector stuff sure okay i don't think there'll be any of that trading card game kind of mentality yeah of that's like why i guess that's what i was thinking opening of was, a yeah, pack. blind packs. yeah i don't think they'll ever do that and part of the reason is because then it becomes who can spend the most money to get all the yeah. cards and then it's true that loses some of the fun for it so mm-hmm. i think there there are other card games like fantasy flight for example had the living card game genre and so mm-hmm. it was kind of collectible but you basically would just buy like the main box and then you would buy an expansion set when they would release it. And they would release like four of them a year and each one you would buy like the full set in, in the pack. And so it would be like Mm -hmm. a new, a new set of like 30 extra cards. Right. And so they would release them, you know, quarter one, you'd get the whatever set and it would have 30 new cards to add to your collection kind of thing. Right. So in that sense, Yes, there's a little bit of collecting, but it's mm-hmm. almost no different yeah. than if you were to buy a source book with right new stuff in it. Yeah, you don't necessarily need it, but if you want to add the new stuff to your game, you, you yeah. purchase it, which is, is smart from the, for them. I mean, I have to imagine cards of this sort are cheaper than put, producing a whole new book. Um, and, and then at that point, you have just ongoing monetization too. And they can print small books to go along with them. I mean, they, mm-hmm. don't, they don't have to print full you know, 200 page source books or adventure right. modules. So, so yeah, mm-hmm. it, it'll be really interesting to see the direction they go with the, the physical products. So right. far, everyone has been super impressed with them and the pictures that we're looking at, I mm-hmm. totally agree. <laughs> yeah, they look great. Um, but okay. So we talked about how it compared, but uh, how's it compared to Genesis? And I kind of, mm-hmm. if you're looking at the slides, I have, something that says Genesis 2.0 question mark because there are mm-hmm. a ton of similarities with Genesis, but a lot okay. of it feels a little more modern and refined. Okay. Okay. You with me so far? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You're, you're, so you're more of the Genesis expert. So I'm going to let you unpack that. Right. Absolutely. And so, yeah. uh, so yeah, so first of all, and, and I want, and obviously you were there uh, at Gen Con too, so mm-hmm. you can help compare from the Daggerheart side. But Daggerheart has 2D6, okay, or excuse me, 2D12, 2D12 as a primary, yeah. the Hope and the Fear die. And mm-hmm. in Star Wars Fantasy Flight and Genesis, you had a dice pool. And the dice pool, you had positive and negative dice, but it was something where you had to build a dice pool. But it was still mm-hmm. a similar pass-fail system. So... um in in Genesis, you know, you said, okay, my ability is so in Genesis you had ability dice. And so you would say, Well, I am proficient in an ability, so I get three I get two green D eights with custom symbols on them. And because right. I'm proficient, I'm gonna get a yellow D twelve that has some extra symbols on it. Um mm-hmm. the yellow dice are the only ones that have critical success on them. 
the green dice don't. They just have success, fail, and then another mechanic called advantage. Right. And then you would, to create the dice pool, you say, well, this is a average difficulty for a check. So average was two uh, difficulty dice, which are purple, mm-hmm. and they're eight-sided. And so then you would put the two, uh, you'd put your your two green and one yellow together and roll at the same time that you roll the two purple. And so that's your whole dice pool. And you right. roll all of them, and then you count how many success symbols you get, how many failure mm-hmm. symbols you get, and you know whatever the sum total is, is whether you pass or fail. But you could also have three successes as the sum total. And so then that unlocks certain things. Like some of your abilities might be, oh, well, I hit you with three successes. That means it's like a bleed shot or something, you know. Right. Uh, and then there's other symbols called advantage. And, and it also it works in the opposite direction. So if you get failure, then it could be something negative. Uh, right. And so it's very narrative. The dice help right, yeah. tell the story. Go ahead and talk to us though about like the two D twelve system and how like mm-hmm. I know how similar it is, but like explain it. You know how it's the same but with less dice. <laughs> yeah. So so it to me it does seem similar because you have a hope and a fear dice, and which also from a dice making perspective sounds really exciting. Just considering the different con- like the contrast we can have between those two dice. Uh, and so you have a hope and a fear dice, and you roll both of them, right? But say even though you get a high enough score, say the DC is you know a 15, and you roll an 18, right? You roll a 10 and an 8. If your hope is higher, then you have a positive outcome. However, if your fear is higher, if your fear was that 10, then you will have a, a negative uh, uh, outcome from that. And so, but not just you the also outcome. Have I mean, if you beat the DC, so which is kind right. of a 5e thing, if you. If the DC is 14 and mm-hmm. you roll a 15, but the, but you know, you but succeed, yeah. but you could, yeah. like you said, you could have a, you could succeed like a, with a negative effect. With a negative su- effect. Yeah. Yeah. Or if your hope dies more than you succeed with a po- with an even greater positive effect. Yeah. Uh, something to be noted too is the way that critical successes are done as well is that anytime yes. you roll the two dice and the numbers match, so whether that's two ones or two twelves, that is a crit, um, which is yes. actually higher chances than you know in a, tw- a d twenty system, because it's there you is. know one in twelve versus you know one in twenty. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's absolutely. And so I know that the creator talked about really liking the bell curve on mm-hmm. having two dice to roll instead of one. Yeah. And I agree. I, I like that as well. And also, he didn't talk about critical failure. I haven't so I seen anything about critical failure. I don't know yet. if that's going to be a thing. Um, yeah. Which is fine. I think that you can... I think because every role has a chance to have a negative like, effect, yeah. even if you succeed, I think that's fine. I think that balances it out. So, because, so here's my question to you as someone who's, yeah. who's ran something like this as the DM. Like, what does this look like in your thinking as like, okay, how can you make someone succeed with a consequence? Like, or like how Great does that, that come into your narration? So here's, here's how Fantasy Flight suggests to do it as, and also how I ran it. But basically, mm-hmm. the dice results are supposed to help tell the narrative. Okay? It's supposed to be a, a helping mechanic to players and DM alike who have mm-hmm. not... 
maybe don't have quite the creative uh, RP, um, you know, mentality. But so if you in, in both systems, if you succeed, but you have a negative effect. So if you succeed with um, fear in Daggerheart, or if you succeed with threat, which is the counterpart in um, Genesis, then what you know with the negative consequence, that's something the DM would apply. So right. it would be something like this. It would be like you you swing your sword and uh, you strike hitting your you know target, but then it, it continues through and it gets stuck in the wooden pillar of the tavern. Okay. Mm, okay. Meaning that uh, you have disadvantage trying to get your sword out uh, and, and make an attack. And so in Genesis, threat is applied with a, uh, a black D6. And so then mm. what that would be is I would say, okay, well, you, on your next attack roll, you have to subtract... You have, or you have to you have to roll in your dice pool a black d6 along with whatever the normal check is so it would okay. basically add more of a chance for you to roll negatively um, but not a lot so because half of the d6 was blanks so it'd be like mm -hmm. you'd have like oh, okay. three out of six chance or you know to be to get a little bit extra of, of the the negative consequences mm -hmm. um, in in um, Daggerheart, I believe you basically that gives you, you know, fear can give you disadvantage. Mm -hmm. uh, and so then it would be like, well, now you have to subtract a d6 from your roll. Yeah. So it's sub subtract a d6. So rather than uh, take two d20s yeah. and take the lower number, which can be very punishing mm -hmm. because there's such a larger range of numbers to get. Now you're just subtracting a d6, and I think that's fantastic. Right. Um, yeah. And so then this. Oh so, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So in the, that's the yeah. negative consequence. Mm -hmm. But then the opposite is also true. So you could fail a roll, but have a positive consequence. And so in Genesis, it would be something. Well, as far as the the narrative would go, what I would do is then I leave the positive element up to the player. Because in Genesis, it's kind of instructed to do that. They mm -hmm. get to control what happens with their positive element. And in Genesis, there's a list of things that, you know, that they have a list of things that you can do as suggestions. And then the rest is up to you. But it's nice because they do guide you. Um, but it would be something like this. It would be something like, I failed, but I had an advantage, which is, you know, the equivalent to hope in Daggerheart. And so it would mean that you, uh, you know, it would be something like, um, you know, you swing your sword and you missed the target, but you scraped the ground, you know, and maybe this is what the player would say. Like I scraped the ground with um, my sword as I missed in the upswing and it, uh, and it, you know, pushed sand into the eyes of the enemy. So now on okay. their next attack... So, well, so, so that's the thing is that it could be one of two things. So, and again, in Genesis, it would be something like the player has the choice to either give a disadvantage to the DM right, or an advantage 
to the next person, the next player. Right. Okay. So then you, what you could do is be like, well, mm-hmm. you know, I knock sand into their eyes. And so my companion who is attacking next, they get mm-hmm. advantage. So what that would translate to is it would give them a blue D six advantage dice with three out of six chances to gain an extra positive. Similarly, if someone has advantage in Daggerheart, you add a D6 to the roll, right. as opposed to just rolling like an extra D12 or something. Yeah. And the cool thing, too, is in, in Daggerheart, you're going to get what's called hope points. Um, yes. And you can store up to five hope points is, is where you start. And it's you another can actually similarity use... that I didn't put on the list, but yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, so you, could, you can use two hope points to give yourself advantage on a roll, or you can use one hope point to give an ally advantage. I like how it's kind of encouraging you to help and be like a team player. I thought it was kind of cool. And that's and that's ex- that's exactly how the advantage and threat points work in Genesis. Because you are rolling a big dice pool, generally mm-hmm. of at least two, you know, usually it's at least four to six dice that you are rolling. Right. And so you could end up with one success, but three threat. And and okay. because there's three threat, those are the same thing as like the fear points, essentially. Right. Or it okay. would be and so and so there's a list of things, like you said, uh, or the opposite. You could fail. You could have one failure, but you could have three hope or three advantage, which is again this the equivalent in Genesis. And so if right. you have three advantage, then yeah, you could spend two of those on giving yourself advantage the next time. And the th- last one of the three on giving your friend advantage. So you could spend all of those points, um, you know, as you get them. Also in a similar instance, it kind of like in Genesis, there's another thing uh, called force points. And those are like heavier swings of, those are more like luck. And okay. that's something yeah. that Daggerheart has. Daggerheart has a luck system instead of um, inspiration. But I think they kind of okay. also talk about it like inspiration. But right, okay. Very but yeah, what are okay. some other yeah. things on the list there? Um, yeah, so I thought it was kind of interesting that um, armor breaks. I, I don't know if that was a thing in Genesis or not, um, but armor reduces the amount of damage that that an attack would deal to the character, but. Then after the armor has been used for like a, a specific number of times, it's damaged and can no longer function. Like yeah, I, without I, being repaired. That to me is a cool mechanic. Is another. Mechanic. It's something that I actually homebrewed into my games. Nice. Um, is like the upgrade of armor and and the wearing down and 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 stuff of armor like that. I don't know. I I I like that. I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. And and similarly, uh, in Genesis, armor mm-hmm. is something that reduces the damage as opposed to giving you the DC or the AC. Right. Right. It reduces the damage. And in star Wars, it's called soak. Mm -hmm. And then very also similarly, you've got a smaller amount of hit points. Uh, Mm -hmm. Damage is calculated a little different. And then there's also strain, which is like kind of your mental fortitude. Yeah. Um, And so though they call it stress and stress. And so, Genesis and Daggerheart do it just a little bit differently. Okay. But it's also very similar. Um and so yeah, so that that's again that kind of as opposed to having just a massive pool of hit points 
as mm-hmm. you level up. Right. This just changes some of that um, as you go. And so, yeah, yeah I, I think it's, I think it's a fun mechanic for armor and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I like that. And so, um, kind of getting into the the way that attacks and damage and stuff's dealt. At least from what I read, it said characters start with six hit points. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to assume um, that one of your abilities will increase that. Now the the stats in Daggerheart are obviously different than D and D, but very similar as well. But it's strength, agility, precision, presence, intuition, and knowledge. Um, yeah, and they don't have you. They don't give you a ability score and then ability mm-hmm. modifiers in Daggerheart. Yeah. I, I actually like that modifiers. too. That, they, they've simplified that a whole lot. Yeah. Well, and you know, in D and D that's a callback to how you rolled your mm-hmm. ability scores. You rolled, you know, uh, specific dice to get those ability scores. So, right. Uh, but yeah, that's one thing that's pretty awesome. Another thing that I thought was pretty fantastic, and this is where Genesis and Daggerheart differ a little bit, is that okay. Genesis has um, it can get a little clunky in combat because you end okay. up rolling so many dice. Now they have mm-hmm. an app. Uh, an official app for dice rolling, which is very handy. But if you're at a table and you're rolling dice, you could, you know, you could be like, well, I have proficiency and I'm, you know, I've got, I've boosted my skills because I've, I've gained a few levels. And so I'm rolling, you know, three green ability dice, two yellow proficiency dice. And then there's like, it's a hard shot. So that's like three, um, you know, three, uh, purple, you know, uh, difficulty die. And then there's like another, uh, a red D 12, which is like even more negative. And then I've, you know, we've been in combat for a while. So I've got some, I've got a blue die that's from advantage from somebody else. And Mm -hmm. then, you know, and so then you're up to like 10 dice that you're rolling for an attack. Goodness. Yeah. And so it takes a while for people to calculate that up. Uh, I was just saying, I do remember that being confusing when we when yes. we played the one shot so, is what dice roll and stuff. And it absolutely does make sense. Like it really mm-hmm. does. But again, it's a little clunky in that it takes time to build your dice pool. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like if you were playing this digitally, it would be a breeze because it would be calculated like if you were playing it in some other system. Right. But Daggerheart is definitely a refined version of this because mm-hmm. it's just the 2d12 yeah and then you add your modifiers now what another cool thing too is that they have introduced tokens to help you count your modifier so to have a visual representation you don't have to use this uh in one of the interviews he said some of the veterans were like well i won't use it i'll just remember to add my modifier but all the new players right. were like, oh, I'm going to use it. And then everyone started using it. Because basically, oh, yeah. say you have a plus three in wisdom, okay? And mm-hmm. you have to roll a wisdom uh, ability check. Well, you would roll your 2d12, and then you would add three tokens for wisdom. And then you basically just, okay. you know, shake them all in your hand and roll it into the dice tray. And 
those tokens don't have anything else on them. They mm-hmm. don't have numbers on them or anything. They're, they're, you don't have to... Like, there's no random element to the tokens. It's really just to help you very quickly see the two numbers on the D12s and then right. immediately count one, two, three, because there's three tokens. And so, you right. know, okay. your party members and the DM, they may not know what your ability modifier is. So the fact mm-hmm. that you just rolled three tokens means rolled that they bit, yeah. now know you had an ability modifier of three. Right. And so they can very quickly also determine you rolled a 15 that's plus kinda, three. That's kind of nice, yeah. And, and yeah, and so then they were like, yeah, and then you can like bring your own tokens. You can have right. custom, you know, if, oh yeah, custom I'm, I'm going to be yeah. a druid. I'm going to have like leaves or feathers or something. You know, I'm going to... So what you're saying is so, I need new molds. I got yeah, you. Yeah, okay. it's going gonna, it's gonna <laughs> to create a whole nother... It's a whole other industri- DOS system i got to start industry. making. Yep. Just tokens, yep. just tokens. Just tokens. Um, so yeah, All I mean, you know, tokens. exactly. So, um, so yeah, I just, it's just a really cool way, even though it requires some extra pieces, but you could use literally anything for them, uh, to visually make it easier to see a, a roll result. Mm-hmm. Okay. That, that's actually, that's a cool concept. I like that a so lot. So I think it speeds up combat in yeah. that instance. So that plus the fact that it's, only ever 2d6 or excuse me 2d12 mm-hmm. yeah. and then maybe a d6 that you subtract or mm-hmm. you know add yeah so, so something that's interesting uh, interesting too is in the combats is you actually have like a uh, a damage threshold so there's three of them so attacks and spells can only do one two or three points of damage based on whatever the, the enemy rolls are, I guess you roll as your damage dice. So if you break the minor well, threshold, that's, I, go ahead. I mean, I think it's, I think that's how much health you can lose one, two or three, but the right. damage could be more. So you could take nine points of damage, but depending on where your threshold is, is if you only lose one, two or three, points. right. The, the hit points. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, that's it. So know, depending on like your, we're going to have to have the rules in yeah. front of us for sure before that, we figure that's it out. Yeah. So, so yeah, what I wrote, wrote down here is, yeah, so they use the example of your minor threshold could be four, your major threshold is nine, and your severe is 14. And so if the damage dice rolls a 15, you lose three hit points. Uh, yes. If the damage yes. dice rolls three, for instance, you don't lose any hit points, but you do take one point of stress. Um, and yes. so... You, you store up stress, and so even though you know you didn't lose any hit points for that hit, you actually store up stress. And so once you get to five points of stress, every hit after that will do at least one point of damage, even if it doesn't break a threshold. But I think that threshold uh, is even dependent upon how much armor you have. Right, and, and that's kind of what I'm assuming. So what, could, what I was yeah. reading didn't say where the threshold came from, yeah, but, but it was just using that as an example. Again, we're, there's yeah. a lot we're going to have to figure out. But that, so right. if your threshold, like you said, yet. if your threshold is four, and you mm-hmm. take three points of damage, but you're a sorcerer and you only your armor only uh, mitigates two points of damage, you know, right? Sure, or, or or it's one of those things where, like like you said, maybe you have armor that mitigates three points of damage and your first threshold is four, but you mm-hmm. take seven points of damage from an attack. Well, your armor reduces it to be a, 
a first threshold, which then gives you the strength. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're going to have right. to figure that out. We'll, we we'll definitely rules, have to wait till yeah, it's, that's it's actually out. But that, that was kind of my understanding of it. It sounds, I don't know, interesting. Yeah. It, less numbers you're dealing with. Yeah, and uh, although in it's the, also interesting in that your, your conversion comes at applying the damage as opposed to... Mm-hmm. As opposed to rolling the damage, right? That's what it sounds like. Yeah. So, and I guess my my curiosity comes is how does that scale, right? If you know the you have a minor threshold that's one point, a major threshold that's two, a severe threshold that's three, like does that ever scale from one, two, and three? He, said, or? he yeah. If there's a there is a video interview, okay. Um, and he talks like the the designer. Hmm. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to think who it was with, but yeah, he talks about, uh, in the interview, he talks about the fact that it does scale. Uh, okay. so there's a way to increase that. So, so yeah, I think that's, I think that's pretty awesome. Um, the mm-hmm. kind of the last thing on this list is our experiences. And this was just something cool from Daggerheart is mm-hmm. that, according to your background or according to the experiences you have in game as you go, you can basically earn almost proficiency in something. So like if you have an experience uh, in say you from your background, you were on a pirate ship for a while. Well now if you have to like you're on a ship somewhere and you have to climb the rigging, Maybe you don't right. even have to roll for it. You just are able to do it because it's an experience that you have. Uh, whereas if you didn't mm-hmm. have that, okay. maybe you have to roll kind of thing. Right. So it kind of gives you that in my uh, limited understanding with what knowledge they've been able to give us with this preview. It was kind of like uh, made me think of. Uh, shoot, like. A ranger's uh, favorite enemy. Where, oh, yeah. oh, oh yeah, yeah. it's a favorite enemy. I get advantage on it every time. Mm-hmm. Or or um, I know some classes have the ability to, you know, oh, I don't have to worry about rough terrain because I'm in a forest. You know? Right. Yeah, yeah. Stuff like that. And so I think that is kind of what they were going for. That's but cool it's concept. cool because it's something that's just mm-hmm. ongoing and then it sticks with you as you keep going. So Right. So, yeah. And they called it experience. Uh, so. Okay. Uh, yeah, that sounds cool. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I think they're, again, I have limited compared to some experience with tabletop RPG, like different tabletop Mm -hmm. RPG systems. But I have at least played four or five of them. And to me, like this Daggerheart just sounded so much like Genesis from Mm -hmm. Fantasy Flight. Uh, Because it's narrative. But I think then it still has the ability to get crunchy in combat, which is fun for those of us who like to have the maps and the minis and stuff like that. So I think, right. I think it's going to be a lot of fun and I'm really excited for it. 2024 as a release date, who knows when that's mm-hmm. going to be probably. Right. Uh, yeah. I, I would be shocked if it's earlier than summer of 2024. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Which is, is Q three. <laughs> Which is cruel. It's just hard. Uh, but hard. they also, you know, can kind of go with whatever pace they want because they're publishing yeah. it in house. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, it just kind of depends on 
logistics at that point, I feel like. But right. Anyway, uh, I think, do you have anything else you want to talk about Daggerheart? Anything else you want to throw out there? No, I mean, I, I will say the the one one thing I read about death. So we talked a little bit about death in the in the beginning. Um, one mm-hmm. of the things I read is that when your your character is about to die, at least at this point, there's three options. Again, everything is subject to change, but I, this is kind of cool. I, and, I'll, and as someone who has a complete homebrew death system, uh, I, I like this. Uh, so one of the options is they call it a blaze of glory, uh, and so it grants you an yeah. automatic critical success, like right before death. Like I could just see your uh, uh, barbarian or whatever they have that's similar, uh, you know, running in and, and taking this blade, going out in the blaze of glory. Uh, but then there's also lose hope to heal. And so you can lose one hope slot permanently. So you're, you have a max of five hope slots. You can lose one and regain one hit point. And so that is a, okay. Say, so oh, I still want to play this character. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It stabilizes you. So, and then there's roll hope and fear. And so you roll both. And if your hope is higher than your fear, you let live. But if your fear is higher than your hope, let the dice decide. No, exactly. And so those are the three options. And I I just, I'm imagining this at my table. Death is such a big thing at my table, right? Like my, my in-person table, I can just, we always roll uh, all death saves are rolled in private. And if there's ever a tie, we roll that one roll publicly. And there's that big, you know, anticipation, um, and I could just see like, you're sitting there like, okay, your healer goes down. What are you going to do? Right? Like, and, cause you have those three options. Are you going to, you going to risk it? Let the dice decide. Are you going to go out in a blaze of glory? Like how, and I could just see, yeah. you know, the, the anticipation and the, the, the story that comes from that too. Yeah. I think that's pretty awesome. The blaze of glory, yeah. the fact, and, mm-hmm. and it's, you know, it's like, was it an auto crit or is it just an automatic, uh, advantage? Yeah, automatic critical success. Is what it says. Okay, that's right. Grants one automatic critical. So it's that like you're trying to take down the enemy right before you die. You know. Yeah, but you do die. That's also part. You of do this. die. You die. I mean, you you, you are dead. Now there and do they you said sacrifice your your character for the party. Right. And they said mm-hmm. there is, there is resurrection, but it's like you can only do it like once, maybe twice mm-hmm. with some ability, but limiting it and making death more impactful, I think, is pretty awesome. So yeah, oh yeah, I think so. Too. Awesome. Well, mm-hmm. uh, let's move on from that segment. And is there anything you've been able to work on besides the amazing graphics for this show? <laughs> Thank you. In the recent fe- in the recent past, um, or is it so- more looking towards the future? Um. Sorry, you mean in. Uh, Tabletop RPG yeah, wise, like yeah, in games we're running and stuff. Yeah. Um, so I, I mentioned earlier that about Crosshaven, how how Crosshaven eventually came to an end, and what ended up happening with, with Crosshaven it is one from a DM perspective, it was writing a brand new one shot every single week, and so it, it got taxing. Um, but then it got to where I really did have about the same five players that were playing, and so I was like, hey, you five players that are playing almost every week, do you want to go into a long term campaign? And they're like, absolutely. And so. That is where um, the the campaign we're in right now is actually kind of the product cross haven. Same world, but it's set um, it's set fifty five years into the past. Um, and so, whereas my normal world, everything I'm playing right now is uh, happening at a in a certain time period in my world, where they're playing right now is fifty five years in the past. Um, and that is um, that campaign is is going really well. We are on about a month long hiatus. 
and uh, it is it's we've been good. having a, a blast with it. And I, I don't want to give out too much because, um, well, some of my players are in chat right now. And uh, but there will be opportunities similar to how Crosshaven um, uh, allowed more people to play. I, that was one of the things we decided on when we first began this campaign is we wanted open to guest appearances, and so that is specifically written into the storyline. Although we haven't gotten to that point just yet. Uh, so yeah, that's what my that's my online Friday night um, campaign. Actually, as soon as we finish this podcast, I'm going into D and D prep mode uh, for this Friday session, uh, and so that has been a lot of what we're doing. And then as for my in person campaign, um, Reborn, who was the the guy that joined me when we first uh, started with Hearth and Hammer, uh, he is running a a small campaign. Um, and as soon as we finish his up, which should be getting finished up in the next week or so, we'll be jumping back into my my big campaign uh, in person. So th- that's where my, my TTRPG stuff has been right now. Um, I'm, I'm excited to test some of these other systems because I would like to see what it looks like to move into one of these other systems in more of a, a long-form campaign. Um, and that might be something I do with one of my, uh, one of my yeah. slots that I have. Maybe, tr- maybe pick try to run. <laughs> Pick one. Yeah, that's kind of what's like. I, I would like Daggerheart to be it, but twenty twenty four is a while away. That's yeah, uh, we got time. Yeah, we got time for that one, and, and and not to mention just from a content creation standpoint, I feel like it's going to be popular. And so, doing an online long form Daggerheart campaign, I feel like will do well. Um, it might not be a lot of people doing it. There's going to be a lot great. of them. That's right. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, I, I'm not sure what I'm going to do there. But as of right now, I'm running. I have the one Friday night game, um, and then uh, I'll be having my in-person campaign starting back up in the next month or so. Awesome. So well, as you? for What's myself, um, so Hearth and Hammer still going strong. Mm-hmm. We have a whole new party, as I mentioned earlier, except Austin actually came back. Yeah. So he is back with it. Um, it is a completely new homebrewed world called Zanelia. The players uh, were on about the 14th or 15th session, actually. And so they have gone through kind of their first intro adventure, and they are moving into kind of the wider world exploration at this point. And at the moment, it took them into... um, It took them kind of out of the small danger dangerous area where they were into we are on the front lines of battle. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. And okay. so it's exciting. And they are, uh, they were like, Oh my goodness. Like, cause I basically, yeah. they stepped, they were teleported to a fortress to try to initiate communications again with this fortress. Uh, because there was threats of invasion and they basically see an army setting up to siege this fortress. Okay. Um, they had an, they had an encounter with a scouting group. Uh, one of them went down. It's pretty fantastic. Yeah. Um, and but then they they have made communication with a scouting party from the fortress and have made it inside at the moment. Okay. Nice. So they're there. Um, but it's fun because like basically with this invasion, it's the introduction of like cannons and firearms mm. to this, oh, that's cool. to this kind of high fantasy world. Yeah. Uh, for sure. But they, like the invasion is happening and this, this shot, uh, shade mist force, uh, the shade mist mm-hmm. is kind of the, 
mysterious boogeyman entity, you know, from somewhere far off. Yeah. Uh, you know, think, think Lord of the Rings, you know, Mordor, right? Shade okay, yeah. is, is the Mordor and, and just like forces are starting to come from unknown areas. And so, yeah, they, but they're bringing with them these mm-hmm. new dangerous weapons. And so it's nice. pretty cool. Uh, I have put a lot of stuff into this uh, universe that I've created. Mm-hmm. Some of it is inspired by other worlds and systems, but it's, um, it's been a lot of fun and the players are doing fantastic. I have a mute halfling ranger and they have made up signs that they do when they have conversation. Um, they don't know ALS, so it's not like they're doing actual sign language, but they have made up signs and they're getting pretty good at it. The, uh, the guy who does it, he's getting pretty good at it. That's pretty, um, that's awesome. He's also a Beastmaster Ranger, and we made a table to roll for what kind of animal companion he got. And oh, so we rolled, yeah. and he got a giant badger. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, but yeah. I custom, but I did a custom stat block for it for this world. So it's got a little, okay. bit, it's a little bit more fun. I did a whole, I did a little bit of a, a modification, so it's not boring. So. Mm-hmm. Nice. So yeah, and then I've got um, others that have a couple custom backgrounds, and that has already played mm-hmm. out. We had a really heavy couple of RP sessions that uh, we didn't have any. We had like three rolls the whole night, and it was just wow. like so heavy RP, mm-hmm. and uh, to the point where like I knew the background of one character, and I kind of pulled something on him that you know for that character made him very emotional um, right but the others didn't know why and so it was a lot of fun it was uh, really fun and the players are doing fantastic so yeah if you want to check it out it's hearth and hammer you can mm-hmm. find us everywhere uh obviously yeah. you guys know where to find this guy if you're watching the live stream or the vod but you definitely check out mm-hmm. dr heels ttv yeah uh, no, just, just, no, just it's twitch.tv slash Dr. Hills. Yes, yes. Sorry. I'm yeah. thinking old school for a second. Old school, yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah. No, I mean, I'll, I'll, give a, I'll give a quick recap about actually what's happening in the Friday night game, too. Because, you know, if anyone wants to jump in, I don't want you to feel like you missed too much. Uh, we're, we're five or six sessions in. Um, and, and essentially, the party all, all comes out, and we have a very diverse party. Uh, and um, we have a, uh, you know, a, a dragonborn... Uh, a dragonborn. I, I think he's a paladin. Now that I'm trying, now I'm trying to remember. Uh, or it's no, he's a, a uh, artificer. He's a dragonborn artificer. Never mind. dragonborn artificer. Uh, and then we have um, one. Of, I'm actually have a guy playing my very first homebrew race, which is a Silmatar. Uh and it's sort of nice. a uh, an elf that has spent generations in the shadows. And so anyway, so uh, we have a pretty diverse party, but they were actually mistaken for a, a criminal group. Um, and basically hired uh, as they as the person who hired them thought they were the criminal group to go retrieve um, the orb of everlasting, and so they're basically in the process of going to that at this very moment where they are they had, they got in a fight with a couple bugbear um, on a bridge and they just destroyed the bridge. I had 
two two characters go down <laughs> making oh, death man. saves. It was it was uh, quite well. Um, so my Silmatar friend, uh, he went down um, at the very beginning of the combat because he's uh, he tries to keep his distance from the other ones, doesn't really trust them yet, and so he got back there all by himself against a, a lone bugbear. And uh, it, yeah, it was it was a heck of a fight. And so right now at this very moment where we left off is um, they stayed the night. Um, and they found a cave. They'd re- they found a nice cave to stay the night in. And during the night, they heard um, footsteps. And then they heard the kind of r- running and sprinting back in the other direction. Uh, and they were able to kind of discern that, um, that the bugbear they killed, the two bugbears they killed, were with a bigger party that discovered Ooh. their bodies. And so nice. where they're at right now is um, they encountered this party uh, of bugbears uh, and now they're running away and the Silmatar has put the <laughs> the uh, bugbear group in an orb of darkness and they're trying to get away from the group. So that's that literally awesome. where they left off and so uh, as soon as we return we'll see what happens. That's exciting. That's really cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well uh, that is I think all we have on the agenda for this evening. Yeah. I think so. Um you know, I th- I think most episodes will probably be shorter, but we had a lot of introduction. We had a lot mm-hmm. of discussion Absolutely. about where we're going to go with the podcast in the future. But we are excited for this podcast. We're excited because we are both uh, we're both family friendly. We're both Christians, and that comes through in a lot of the content we make. But not Absolutely. in a an, an overt and overbearing manner, as some might consider it. Mm-hmm. Um, but neither one of us are ever, um, you know, we're always open to talk about it, have conversations. Mm-hmm. And so part of that's part of who we are. And we just wanted to be able to bring that to the TTRPG space um, because there is not a lot of that in Mm -hmm. the tabletop gaming space. Um, There is, in my opinion, a huge need for people to bring the light of Christ to board game, tabletop gaming. um, Absolutely. Just in general. So, Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, I mean, that's kind of why we're doing this. Um, It's also why we are looking, we have some potential partnerships on, the horizon. And so yeah. uh, we'll definitely let people know about that. But for now, if you watch the live stream and you've, or you check out the VOD, you can find us at, uh, at the RPG rundown on mm-hmm. Twitter slash X, uh, the social media platform. <laughs> yeah. Social media platform. <laughs> yes. Uh, you can find myself at, on there as well at White Fox SG. You can find you can find Jeff. me. Yeah. Yep. So on uh, on X dot com, I am I am Doctor Hills TTV on there. Um, yeah. That's where that's where I was. That's where I got it. Yeah, yeah. That, I just do so Doctor Hills TTV. The the name Doctor Hills is the only platform that my name is taken it's on. It's the worst it's when you have to switch up your handles across platforms. I know. So I know. That um, it's the only platform that I don't have. Just Doctor Hills. Oh, it's fine. Not bitter. awesome well thank you all if you've stuck around this long thank you for joining us uh be sure to uh like or subscribe if you you know whatever channel you find this video on or if you 
listening to the podcast, make sure you uh, leave a comment uh, or a review. And then also hit us up on social media. We'd love to talk with you uh, either on our personal channels or on the podcast uh, social account. And we will engage with you there as we can. We look forward to doing this more often and we'll see you next time. See you guys in the next one.